Good afternoon, good evening, good night. I'm Jay. And I'm Tendai. We are Exennials. The generation that grew up without the internet. Two fabulous Fabulous 80s 80s babies. babies. Join us as we chat all things Exennial. another episode so we're on season two oh, i'm excited okay i'm excited because we've only just got into our season two daniela so i'm really excited so every time we do a season i'm like ah this is what we're doing this is where we are so yeah we're <laughs> at season two and episode two of episode season two, two. Yeah. yeah and um you know it's it's been such a a journey i would Definitely. say and i'm just really excited for what we have in store um going forward and talking about that, today we have, and you just mentioned her name, so I didn't get to do the big surprise <laughs> that I wanted to do. I'm excited, so right. I'm excited. <laughs> um, and I'll let her introduce herself uh, in, a, in, a, in a lot more detail. But with us, we have the founder of She's a Boss uh, International. <laughs> um, a well-renowned um, entrepreneur based in Birmingham. A multi award winning uh, consultant, business consultant, and um, she goes by the name Daniela Dinas. So, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Huh? Thank you. Looking forward to um, to spilling my guts with you all today. <laughs> so, do you want to just elaborate? So, as you can see, we've done a little bit of research on you, and um, so myself, Jay, know you a little bit personally, so I know. Daughter, your daughter. <laughs> I'm saying the wrong name, Daniela, and obviously knowing you from uni days and stuff, or having come across you and things like that. But do you want to give us more of an introduction about you, who you are, a bit more about yourself? Mm-hmm. So, yep, I'm Daniela. I'm the founder of She's the Boss International, and through She's the Boss, I support ambitious entrepreneurs to build, grow, scale profitable, sustainable systems-driven businesses. I do that through a combination of coaching, consultancy, training and accountability programs. I am also a mother to a five-year-old and I am a senior business advisor for a program called Innovate to Succeed, where I work with SMEs from across the Eastern West Midlands on innovation and business growth uh, programs. So yeah, that's essentially, I'm also the host of She's the Boss Female Entrepreneur Stories on YouTube. I interview women in business and I'm just an all-round busy individual. <laughs> very busy, very, very busy. So <laughs> I'm not going to lie, when you said all of that, I was like, okay, she does this, 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 and this, 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 this. <laughs> That's a whole lot, Daniela. That's a lot, a lot of stuff. So the first thing that came to mind, I'm not going to pretend. So I had to Google what a SME is. So do you want to just share that with our listeners, what that actually is? I hear it a lot when you speak and looking at your material, but I didn't actually know what it what it is thank you for saying that actually because somebody else said that today and I thought I need to update my social media and make it a bit less jargony but SME is a small to medium-sized enterprise so you have your kind of solopreneurs or your um kind of individual so individual business owners where there's just one of you you have your kind of micro businesses which is also um a business that is led by one person then your small to medium-sized enterprises is when you start to go kind of like a really five to ten would be small okay start to go over that number you probably get to medium when you get to about 50 members of staff um large businesses are more kind of the corporate size where there's 200 plus members of staff so when you hear people talking about smes they're talking about businesses that typically have between five to kind of 150 odd staff and that's who i essentially work with yeah i did google that but i was like okay I didn't want to just I say I found that 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 meaning but I would have never have come up with that kind of breaking down as you've just done in terms of the you know the really small like solo people mm. all the way up to the big corporation it just goes to show if you don't really study an area 
like we all think oh yeah we know what businesses are but do we really do we really understand what <laughs> I don't think when I listen to you sometimes I'm like I don't really know like I don't know the ins and outs. I mean personally I find business the, the whole idea of like business enterprise social enterprise and things like that really intimidating for some reason but um, I wanted to ask what inspired you to get involved in that that particular field Um, was it something that inspired you in terms of your studies in school or otherwise well I always wanted to run my own business and I from a very 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 young age I kind of was inspired and it's so cliche but it's the truth. I was very much inspired by Oprah and the idea that she had her own TV okay. show. She had a magazine and she had the production company. Like for me, she she was a mogul and I'm like, I want to be a mogul. I don't know how that's going to come about, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I went to university and studied media and communications and specialised in television production um, and radio production, actually. And the idea was I was going to become this big television presenter like Oprah. Then I would get my magazine, my radio station and all of that fanciful media stuff. Yeah. Um, finished finished university in Birmingham. And one of the key things that I kept hearing from everyone is if you want to make it in the media, you're going to have to move to London. And I really didn't want to. Um, I'm originally from Nottingham. And the idea of moving from Nottingham, which is a relatively small city, to Birmingham, which is a bigger city, was a big jump. To then go and move to London, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to do that. And I, I no offence. <laughs> I wouldn't either, to be fair. Yeah, no offence, no offence to anyone who lives in London, but I don't like the place at all. So I decided to stay here and went from job to job for like 12 months. And each job after about three months, I'd quit because I realised actually working for people is just not for me. Like, this is not going to work. So by the time it was 12 months, decided to set up my own business, found out about a startup programme, joined the startup programme and within a couple of months launched my first business. Just like that? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. So that first business was, I finished uni in 2006, started the business in 2007, registered officially in 2009 and yeah, grew the business over the next few years until I sold it in 2015. Was that the um, Aspire for You? Yeah, Aspire for You. It was a social enterprise. It was a, I really enjoyed running that business. Um, but then, yeah, sold it in 2015. Kind of took stock of all the lessons that I'd learned from running that business. And also recognising that a lot of the kind of help and support that I wanted and how I wanted it, I wasn't able to access. Mm-hmm. So once I'd sold it, I started my MBA. And then also within, started the MBA in 2015, by 2017, I'd started She's the Boss. It was under a different name at that point. But the idea of She's the Boss was to provide the level of support that I had needed in my first business but was unable to access. And that's essentially how I've got here. Okay. Tell us tell us a little more about what inspired you to come up with the name She's the Boss. That was easy as well. So when I was running Aspire for You, there was a member of staff who was a friend and he used to call me well boss. <laughs> like boss he would never find my name. <laughs> okay, vibes. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> exactly that. And he would introduce me to people. So people would come or would go places and he would say, oh, this is well boss. And I'd be like, my name is Daniela. You cannot introduce me like that. That's ridiculous. And pe- then other people would say, oh, the boss lady. So once I came to start my, my other business, well the same business actually I originally launched it as Genus Enterprise Consultants and the reason I did that was because obviously my surname was Genus but also my grandfather his name was Genus I got the name from him and he had four girls and a boy his one boy had four girls and a boy his one has two girls at the moment no three girls at the moment and no boys so for me, I'm kind of like the last one carrying the name. So I said, let me call the business Genius Enterprise Consultants. And the idea that I had for the business was not just providing business support, but also training other consultants to work under me and deliver the support. So that was why it was Enterprise Consultants as opposed yeah. to. Yeah. Um, but then whilst doing my MBA, so it was happening concurrently, I, I was doing my dissertation. And my dissertation was focused on female entrepreneurship and the challenges that women who are wanting to start businesses or grow their businesses face. And I was doing research 
uh, which entailed interviewing women in business. And pretty much, I think from I finished the first interview, I was like, this is really interesting. Like I, the conversation that I've had was really interesting, really inspiring, really motivational. I think it would be really good to share these interviews. And I think I probably had like six lined up after that. Um, so then I had to come up with a name. And then the guy that used to call me were a boss, that what he used to say popped into my head. I was like, oh, let, I should just call it She's the Boss. Because I'm... We, I'm the- I have to say, I love it. I love it. It's bold. It's a statement. And it's just like, not to draw the race card, but as black women, we always get called bossy anyway. So why not just own it and deal with it? Well, yeah. So I love yeah. it. Like we, we were just talking about that earlier. Like, we really like the name. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, that was essentially it. And then within a year or so, I realised actually Genius Enterprise Consultants doesn't really convey what I'm doing or how I'm doing it. And actually, She's the Boss is a better fit. And people were starting to, um, I suppose, connect me with She's the Boss more than Genius Enterprise Consultants. So I changed the name in 2018, and yeah, it's been She's the Boss ever since. <laughs> it fits you, love it fits you. <laughs> yeah, I like I kind of like the I don't I don't know if you'd say juxtaposition, but the the idea of the woman um, kind of being in charge or being being empowered to be in charge. So yeah, love that. So I wanted to ask. Um, I did, you probably can't see, but it's a bit of a screw, but I did like a whole mind map on you. Can you see? You're my whole page. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I thought about, I read your, um, went on to LinkedIn, like I've really done a little, even though I do know you to a point, obviously I haven't known you all. We don't know each other all our lives like that. So I thought, okay, let me really look into you and see all the different facets, facets, sorry, that you kind of have. So I looked up obviously your workshop facilitation, your um, public speaking, uni lecturer, consultant, um, charity trustee you're an entrepreneur yourself um I know that you have a brother is that correct I have two brothers I have two brothers yeah so I put like you're a sister obviously you're a mother you're a friend um I put visiting industrial fellow so that's the first thing that I was like what is a visiting industrial fellow what is that so um Aston University basically they invite me in to um, speak on things related to entrepreneurship, to support students um, around entrepreneurship and business, and also to, I suppose, convince people to be part of the Aston experience and to study there. So it's like a, it's kind of like a voluntary appointment where they will say, we think that you're synonymous with what we're trying to achieve in terms of the aims okay. of the university. So they appointed me after I did the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program, which was in conjunction with Aston Business School. Okay. So it's like an ambassador, really. So did you kind of give, because you went to Aston, right? Yeah, to do my MBA. I studied yeah. at Aston Okay, cool. So with that, I'm thinking all those things, I was like, how do you balance it all, to be honest with you? Like, it's very multi-layered. It's a lot of different things to be doing. I know that as women, we are, I wouldn't say everything, but we do a lot, don't we? We're a mother, we're a person within our own right, we have mm-hmm. our careers, we have our, you know, our romantic relationships, our husbands or our boyfriends, we do all these other things, but you just sound like you do that and so much more. So how do you really <laughs> balance all of that? And then I have met your daughter, she's a ball of energy. How do you do all of this and still look like you do and talk like you do and have it all together? Because you do look like you have it all together. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> Absolutely do not. <laughs> as I said, just as we, just as you called me earlier to start this, I had a lamb chop in my mouth, which I shouldn't have been eating because I'm supposed to be doing healthy eating. But my house is upside down because I'm getting my house renovated, and nobody wasn't trying to cook today, so I'm just, yeah, I'm, I don't have it together, honestly. Um, I manage, I compartmentalize, and that's how I manage to manage. Um, and also, there's a Somebody said something to me many years ago. And the funny thing is, the person who said it, I don't even like them. But that's not the point. <laughs> that's <laughs> a whole other story. story. But, yeah, but they said you should never bleed in public. And at the time when they said it, I was like, that's a stupid thing to say. Like, what are you on about? But as I've kind of started to do more, I kind of get the point. So as much as I like to be vulnerable and share that, actually, I do have my own stresses. And sometimes I do, like, sit in the bed and, like, oh, my gosh, this is too much. I'm tired. But that's not what I lead with and I think it's really important that we don't dwell in self-pity publicly all the time I think it's okay from time to time to say this is stressful but you know there's people on social media that will be like oh my gosh my life is so hard it's so difficult like I never wanted to be that guy like I'm not going to be that guy 
Um, but yeah, managing some weeks, I'm fantastic and I'm organized and I get everything done. And then some weeks it just all goes up in the air. Last week was one of those weeks, particularly exactly one week today on a Thursday. I booked in two interviews. I had a client session. I hosted an event. I had a personal training session. I had a meeting with my accountant. And it all yeah, just got I'm a bit on. Time it got to, and um, by the way, the second interview I well, the first interview I did, sorry, was with somebody in Jamaica. And whilst I'm having an interview with her, because the work is being done in my house, the plumber comes running in, says there's a fire in the wall, evacuate the house. I ran out in the street barefoot. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. So by the time it was the end of the day, and the thing is, I should have told my husband to film me. I literally like just went upstairs about half past eight and just climbed in the bed and was just in a ball in the bed staring into space. Like today was a lot. Don't ever do that again. There was no reason. But to it sounds off. like you really put a lot into your days, and I'm guilty of this. And I always say to Tinder, like, I'm one of those people that think I can do 10,000 things in the 24 hours. And it's only now at my age of 40, I'm realising, actually, Jay, no, let's just do five let's things. Slow down. Let's just do five things. It's okay. <laughs> the rest will still be there. I used to be like, da, 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 da. and then I'd be late for things or I'd forget something. Or, and then I had to learn to just slow down and be realistic with myself. I feel mm. that sometimes I'm just so unrealistic. But then somebody like you makes me see that I can do that a little bit more if I just organise myself. So I'm at that place where I'm like, okay, do I need to do more organisation or do I need to drop some of the things off mm. that I'm trying to do? Oh, no, the lesson I learned that was that day was, yeah, I did it, but does this feel good? Is this a pleasurable experience? No, it <laughs> absolutely isn't. It feels terrible and now I'm like rendered incapable. I can't even lift up my head, so don't do that again. But generally, generally I try to, so the kind of process for me is only have one client session a day. That's the first thing. I I try never to have more than one because that that in itself can be quite draining because I'm outpouring ideas and and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, And I also try to make sure there's one day in the week where I don't have any client sessions. Um, And then, yeah, I just use all of the resources available to me. So Trello is, I feel like they need to pay me. I'm going to send them an email next week and tell them that I need some commission because I'm always going on about how good Trello is for um, time blocking. So I time block everything. So is Trello, is that an app? Yeah, so Trello is an app. (laughs) Don't worry, I was ready to give you the sales speech. It's a free app and you can access it on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop, on your desktop. And it's like an online to-do list where you can use it for everything. So you can put in the tasks that you need to do. You can put the deadlines of when you want them completed. It will send you a reminder. Um, You can label them different colours. You can put attachments on it. So I use that to organise you it's need commission if you be if you be telling everybody. No, honestly, it's amazing. So each day, so I've got like a master plan for the year. Then I've got a master plan for the month. Then I'll have a master plan for the week. And then each day I'll get up and then I'll go onto the plan for the week and take out the tasks and then order them. So if you look on my trailer, it will say like nine, nine to 10, do this. 10 to 12, do that. 12 to 12, 30, lunch. 12.30 to 1.00, that, that's how anal I am. With so that's very meticulous planning, that is isn't extremely it? extremely meticulous. Otherwise, everything will just go out the window and I'll just stare and scroll on Instagram. Well, and you know day- what that sounds like? That sounds like you really know yourself to know that that's what you need to do to then be able to, mm. you know, decompartmentalise and do carry out your tasks that you need to do mm. to then be successful in the different facets of your life. Would you say that you know yourself that well? Yeah, I know that. It's funny because people will say you're so organized I'm probably one of the most disorganized people ever and I'm incredibly forgetful but because I know that then mm. I put the things in place to to kind of counter combat it um so also in last month September I took on a VA so I now have a virtual assistant and that has also helped so much because I will be so focused on what's in my Trello that stuff like checking my emails which I don't put in the Trello just won't get done so yeah. by the time the VA started I had 3,567 unread emails in my inbox. Wow. And she's like, oh what's going on here? Have you read an email this year? And I'm like, yeah, the ones that I see come through that I know I need to respond to, I open them. If it's not anything important or if it's not from somebody I know, I just leave it. So although I'm very organised in what I need to do in terms of looking, I suppose, making room for the fact that I'm unorganised or disorganised, um, yeah, I'm not 
not very good with certain areas, reading emails being one of them. So I've outsourced it, let somebody else do it. Um, and then she can be organised for me. And that's pretty much how I'm trying to live my life at the moment. Everything I can outsource, I can I outsource it. Well, it sounds, sounds like a plan. I think that as much as you, you say that you're, you know, you think that you're disorganised and you have to rely on this system, I think it requires a certain amount of discipline to actually stick with that. Because you can put all of these things in place, but then, you know, you might not actually follow them in the in the long run so mm-hmm, I, I do think that requires a certain amount of you know discipline and motivation for, for actually you know making sure that you do actually plan out your day you can do like I, I like to do to-do lists and then I take them off that's my way of working through things but then sometimes I'll have a list there and then I'll just do another list, <laughs> and then I end up exactly. And then you know, it's just about finding that motivation to ensure that you get things done. Um, well, I think yeah, I would. I'd say I'm disciplined. I'm definitely disciplined, and I would say I'm motivated, but I'm just not organised, and I forget okay. everything I said. Like if it's not written somewhere, I don't know that it's happening. Like it's okay. I mean, in the morning that I need to do something in the afternoon. If it's not written down, if there's not a reminder, I. I, I don't know what's happened. Yeah, I, think I, I think it's, it's a, it's a um, revelation of self to know that, to have the things in place, which I think I'm definitely going to take a leaf out of mm. your book with regards to that. Um, so I wanted to ask, you know, obviously you're a woman, you're of, um, I think, Jamaican descent, am I correct? Yes, yes, yes. Big <laughs> <laughs> <Make> up yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I wanted to ask, you know, how has your um, your heritage, I don't know, your background influenced the way that you navigate um, through your business, through life in general? Has that had an impact? Um, I mean, I know you talked about your grandfather and and then, you know, the children and that, that having an influence on the name, the title of the business. But was there another way that it, you found that it's influenced you? And do you deliberately try to inject a little bit of your that heritage in the things that you do? Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that, <laughs> um, I yeah. Um, it's interesting, but I was raised as a Jamaican. So although I was born in the UK, I didn't realize that I was actually British and not Jamaican. Jamaican until I was like twenty one. Because I was constant, my parents would say, you're Jamaican. So people would say, like, what's your background? I would just say I'm Jamaican. And it was only when I went to uni, um, I kind of, and then, and not even just uni, kind of from outside uni, when I started to meet Jamaicans from Jamaica who were my age, and they would say, oh, you're British. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm Jamaican. What are you talking about? That <laughs> um, I started to, to realise there was a distinction. But I also would say I'm probably a little bit more Jamaican than the average British Jamaican because of the fact that, my parents made a very big deal of the fact that we need to be aware and understand our culture and our heritage. And my grandfather, as I said, had a very, very, very instrumental role in that. And my grand, well, all of my grandparents, in fact, but my grand, my granddad in particular. So how does that translate to what I've done? So with my first business, for example, I did um, a Jamaican food and culture program, and I made sure that I embedded that into our service offer, and that was called Nyam, which was fantastic and we did um, we did so many we did just some fantastic things with that we did cookery classes um where we took young people and taught them how to cook Jamaican food we did an oral history um research project where we went and interviewed first generation Jamaicans of both kind of in their 60s up but also I think between 20 and, and 30 who would come in the last 10 to 15 years we created a documentary and we created a book we did, as I said, a lot of events. And that for me was a really proud moment. And I dedicated that to my granddad um, because, yeah, if it wasn't for him, I don't necessarily think I would be as proud of Jamaican as I am. Um, with my business now, if you follow, if you're on my social media, you'll see from time to time, I will share pictures of my Sunday dinner and how important that is. Um, <laughs> Food is a very big deal for me. No, I know you're a foodie, aren't you? I remember reading yeah. that you said that you would like to, I don't know if I read it or I seen it or where you wrote it, but something about if you could do, you know, you do them food holidays and you can go. Oh, yes, that was me. Cook. I was thinking, what, this girl? <laughs> Craven is the word. Say that again, sorry. 
said craven is the word you're looking for. I'm very, very craven. That, that is my dream. I said, by the time I'm 50, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go on a food holiday and go from place to place and just get fed. Like, I'm very serious about my food. Um, but, yeah. So, I would say also some of the key things, I suppose, self-determination. So, for me, I come, I, I, what is it? There's a phrase where they say you walk on the backs of your fathers or something like that. I can't remember what the phrase is. But how can I not be great when my grandparents left everything that they knew, everything that they loved in the one of the most beautiful countries in the world to come to this cold, grey, rainy place and create a life for themselves and buy a house and do all of that stuff? How can I then say I'm tired? I've got a dishwasher, I've got washing machine, I've got tumble dryer, I've got access to the internet, I've got all of these things. My grandma had to wash things by hand with whatever that cheese grater looking thing is. Paraffin lamps and all those stories and that they've told me, then how can I not be great? And I suppose my motto, which is think big, take action, keep pushing, is partly steeped in this kind of thing that was embedded in me from my family about working hard and not, and being resilient and not giving up when minor challenges coming out like get in our way and then also um I suppose from a purely Jamaican standpoint there's the phrase of we lick a but with hello and that's what again I'm walking into that I'm living that and I believe in that and the whole kind of think big and she's the boss it all feeds into me to the same the same kind of thing so yeah no I was gonna say I think my cultural heritage and background does have an impact on just how I am even on a day-to-day basis and my value system and what's important to me. I love that. When you said about your um the slogan relating so much to um who you are as a Jamaican and your heritage and your grandparents and everything that so the think big take action keep pushing I actually think these when I wrote that I wrote next to it hard-hitting unforgettable and a very key statement and I was jo- was going to ask you how you came up with it, but you've already answered. But I just wanted to share with you that it's um that's like something a politician would say. Oh, I'm going to be a politician. <laughs> no, no. On a real note, like uh, you, you, you appeared on the Birmingham Question Time some years ago, didn't you? Yes, I yeah, did. Yeah, I watched that Question Time, and your question was fire because I always think that your question you said. How do you expect people to be able to navigate the voting system? I'm paraphrasing, obviously. I don't remember it word for word, but you said something along the lines of how do you expect people to get to 18 and understand how they're going to vote and what, you know, what the criteria is and how to understand it when we're not educated on it? And I was in my yard jumping like, yes, because I think that all the time. They expect us to get to 18, understand this whole ancient, decrepit, fossil, you know, system that all these, you know, white, old men are pushing along this little you know cart this great britain scenario and then expect us to just vote when how are we going to be educated on that so my question to you is have you ever actually thought of being a politician because you talk a lot of sense and you do actually answer questions whereas politicians you ask them a question that should start with yes i think this or no i think that they never but say they go yes all around no. and around and around yeah we asked you a question valid. and you was like yes 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 fire shots <laughs> so have you has anyone ever said that to you and have you ever thought that and can you can you see why people think that of you no <laughs> many people <laughs> funny thing is many people have said it to me before and like one of my one of my friends has been saying it for years and he said I will do the campaign trail for you I'll get you votes but I just I don't think I'm cut out for it number one I'm way too sensitive and I when I look at and it, this is it's going to sound really bad but I may as well be honest when I look at how other black politicians are treated and how they're degraded how they get like Diane Abbott what that woman has been through she is a hero to me because the bad what I would cost to some of these people and that's problem number two why I can't be a politician because my head is very hot and somebody's going to say the wrong thing to make the wrong point and I'm going to be fired and I'm going to be on the front of every newspaper <laughs> and that's be a darn it's over and it's finished yeah no, but they're not, they're not they're politically correct but the then. thing is this is where <laughs> I think obviously we've gone on a political ch- tangent and um our podcast is very much about we don't want to have anything that we don't want to discuss. And I think that as, you know, young black women of this generation, we can't shy away from the fact of the, 
the politics does affect us. And there was a point where I would be like, okay, I'm not interested, I'm not voting, da 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 da. But when I really sat down and thought about it, we can't really be like that. And we have to kind of take on board what's happening around us. And even though people say that to me, I've had people say to me, oh, you know, Jay, would you consider to be a politician? And I wouldn't for the same reasons you just said. But mm-hmm. I think at the same time, people like us that will be straightforward, that will be honest and open and transparent, that's where that's what they need. But they're not going to, they wouldn't want it wrapped up in what we look like. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's my thing, though, and this is something that I pondered on quite a bit. We see a lot of black people and I, when I think about it, it's more the black men that I've seen go into politics with all these dreams and aspirations of what they're going to change and they get in and they change. And my question has always been, is it that they were not um, genuine in the first place? Or is it that for you to get into those spaces, you have to start letting parts of yourself go and your ideals and your ideas? And then by the time you realise, you've let go of everything. And I don't want to let go of everything. And therefore, that's another reason why I wouldn't want to go down that route, because I I don't want to compromise myself. But also, I'm also a big believer of economic power. So whilst there is room for politics, and I think we do need more black politicians, I think that there's a certain type of person that can do that, the person that's not going to cost somebody out on national TV, for example. But I also think (laughs) we need the people, we need the people to be spearheading economic empowerment. And I believe that I'm doing that through the work that I do supporting entrepreneurs and also building my own business. If I can if I can help to to create a, a kind of task force of black successful entrepreneurs that are turning over six, seven figure businesses, they will find the politicians and they will pay the politi- or fund the politicians so that the politicians can go on the TV and cost somebody out and it'll be fine because they've got this pool of black businesses that are supporting and funding them. And I think that's Yes, there's yes. A, there's a reason why certain other communities have been able to to get deeper into politics and have more sway. And I don't think it's because they've got more politicians. Finance, I think it's because they've got more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. I definitely agree with that. And as usual, very well articulated from yourself. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> um, so talking about some of the challenges that you've had to face as um a woman in business and also a leader you know one at the very head of your organization um what what are some of the expectations that have been imposed on you as 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 a woman as a black woman um you know and how have you you managed to get around that you spoke about being hot-headed <laughs> how do you deal with with some of those things Oh, when it comes to being hot-headed, I have to hold breath. <laughs> like, when I feel it coming, we'll start to take a it's deep breath. There's <laughs> it. been times where I've been going, <sighs> because I can feel that uh, my head is about to explode and I know that it's not the time nor the place and it's not supposed to be done that way. Um, so, yeah, it's about, I suppose, using tools and techniques to control the uncontrollable, I guess. Um, but in terms of challenges that have faced me because I'm a woman specifically in business, it's been interesting. And I hate when you hear black people say, oh, I've never experienced racism because you have. You just didn't realise that you have experienced it. Stop lying. But as a woman in business, I'm going to kind of say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Not that I've never faced sexism because I have, but it's never been as prevalent as I would have expected it to be, to be honest. Um I suppose I've been quite fortunate in the sense that the spaces that I've navigated with have always been ones that have accepted me as a woman. So with my first business, it was a social enterprise and and actually social enterprise sector is predominantly women. I think it might be changing a bit now, but at the time it was predominantly women. So I didn't have much pushback. Now I'm in the consultancy space. And actually one of the things that I think is more of a challenge than me being a woman is me being a black woman. and also my age, because a lot of the time people. Yeah. So even somebody said it to me the other day that something something wasn't connecting between what I was saying I could do in my experience and them looking at me. And then this the lady who it was, she said one of the days I was talking, she says, "Oh, I get what it is now. It's because when I'm looking at you, you look a certain age, but then you're saying you've got 15 years of experience, and I can't match up the two. But it's because I didn't realize how old you were. And once I said how old I was, then she was like, "Oh, I get it." 
you're older than I thought you were, which is that whole black don't crack thing. So thank God yeah. for good genes and we all know that. It. <laughs> but yeah, so that has also that's been an issue because then I I come into contact with businesses who don't necessarily take me as seriously because they think that I'm younger yeah. than I am. So that's been a bit of a challenge. But actually, what has been the most annoying thing about being a woman in business is people's obsession with my womb and what my womb is doing and Gosh. being a back all the time. When are you having another baby? How old is your daughter? It's, it's time now. You need to hurry up. Business isn't everything. When are you having another child? And I'm just like, are you paying for this other child? Are you birthing this other child? Can you just leave me alone for a minute, well, please? Well, Daniela, if you go back and listen to our first podcast, you'll like it very much. That's what we speak about. We spoke about... Um, mind your womb business. Mind your, mind your womb business. That's, yeah, and we talk about, you know, don't assume that, you know, because we hit a certain age and, you know, whether you're married or not or whatever, we're supposed to do anything. It's our womb. We use it when we feel like it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's nothing to do with anybody, with anybody else. else. I don't know why people what gives people the authority to to determine what goes on in your body. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah, I find it really peculiar. And the thing is, if I know someone and somebody kind of makes a joke about it, I think that's one thing. But people that I don't really know asking me, so so what's going on? Is it not time yet? It's not your business. That's the first first thing. And also, I do definitely think that there is this whole concept that. Well, not even concept, lack of awareness um, or lack of understanding or even an interest in the fact that I've got goals and I've got things that I'm trying to do too. So actually, right at this exact second, having a baby is not the number one thing on my priority list. And that should be fine for me and my husband because it's exactly. me and my husband that's getting older, not you. So you don't need to be in my business. <laughs> so in terms, of, in terms of like judgment, I feel like I have I feel that I've been judged um, on the fact that my daughter is five mm. and I'm out here doing all this business stuff, but I don't have a second child yet. And I do want another child. This is the funniest thing. So I've already decided. So I hope um, people know this when they ask me next time, because my answer is going to be, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I can't have any more children. They took my womb out and see what <laughs> For all you know, that could, that be, could the be the case. case. I'm laughing, be. but it's true. It, it's so it true. Could be the case. So yeah, that's. Well, the that's, thing is, I think of... it goes down to the fact of when did anybody say that was okay? We have these aunties, these grandmothers, this church brethren. You know, oh, when are you having? When did somebody come up to you and say, actually, you can go around and asking women, women about their womb and their bodies? When did that become okay? Is what I'd like to know. When, at what point in life, where? And the thing is, that the the thing is, you don't really ask them. We don't ask the men that as much. You know, maybe if you know the man, you might ask that question. But generally speaking, yeah, a stranger isn't gonna come up to a man and ask him when he's having more kids or. But not even that, like the asking thing is that's what I'm saying. The asking is bad and not so bad. It's the well, you know that the your business isn't everything and money is more money's not more important than a family. That is that that's more like if you ask, it's annoying, but it's bad, it's not so bad. Like I can cope yeah. with the question. What I can't cope with is what follows the question um as it relates to my business because actually my business is very important to me and what I do, not even even if we took the business out of it, I also do speaking engagements, I also have the contract that I do. There's loads of different things that I do and actually you're minimizing them by saying well actually what's really more important is that you go and have a baby well what if I couldn't have any more babies are you saying that my life is not important and what I do is important yeah and what about people that can't have babies does that mean that they're not a valid contribution to society no it doesn't mean so yeah let me just calm down (laughs) (laughs) no we like the passion we like the passion okay so I wanted to ask with regards to your awards, so I'm not going to pretend that I know all the awards that you have. I know there's plenty of them. <laughs> and I did a bit, of, did a bit of a list. But yeah, know I have that, a little list here. Yeah, so you can <laughs> share them with, um, with with the listeners shortly. But I wanted to know in terms of what what brought your awards about, would you say? And how have they kind of... Um, I can't put it in any other way. What has it done for you to be able to say, okay, I'm an award winner? what like kind of what catapult has it done for you what benefit has it been has it done for you um so (laughs) that's a good question not that much (laughs) to be honest (laughs) that's interesting that you say that to be honest and actually what the main thing that it's done I feel like is in other people's eyes I suppose giving people 
something to not compare me to but to hold me up against like okay so she's won awards so that means she must be doing something important or she's doing something good or she's done something worth award winning um worthy of being award winning or whatever um however in terms of tangible things has it done that much i'd say probably not but also that's not necessarily because there's no value in awards it's because at the time where i was winning a lot of awards i didn't know how to leverage them had i leveraged them properly and hindsight and all that now if i go for another spate which i hope to do so of winning more awards i would know what to do but i didn't know what to do at the time and therefore i didn't maximize the opportunities whereas i know other people have won awards and sent out hundreds of press releases which has then led to them getting other awards which has then led to them um being asked to speak on big stages and yeah whereas i won the awards and was just like yay pretty big you know humble yeah but that was it like let me put the thing on my shelf and this is really exciting let me wait for something to happen okay nothing's happening now what like oh okay that's finished right now what can I just say as someone I think I'm a little bit older than you but I do remember I went to uni as a um mature student Mm -hmm. so um and obviously that's where I know um your other half you went Mm -hmm. to uni so now I remember like you was big things (laughs) then It was like this event's happening and I had my daughter through uni so I missed all the I think I came to one of your events I was able to get to one but like if you was doing that event it was the place to be so I always remember hearing your name what events you were doing you know the um African association and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so, now when you won when you started to win these awards and I would hear about it through the grapevine and I think um, my cousin actually worked with you as well when he was doing that aspire for you and she'd come and tell me I'll be doing all these different things and I just I was just like a cheerleader in the background I wasn't in a space to be where you was and to come to the events or whatever but I remember thinking it's an amazing thing to see someone that you know was at uni when I was at uni and was studying when I was at studying and kind of you know knew if you were the same circle to be up there getting these awards so I think I would agree with what you're saying in terms of understanding the benefit of it and you understand better in hindsight. However, I would think I can be a testimony to say for the people around you, I think it it was very inspiring. It was very uplifting. And it was just to say, oh, actually, we can get recognised if you just keep doing what, you know, what's true Mm. to your heart. And if you keep pushing, you know, even your your slogan then was your slogan now is still very much what I've always seen you doing. You know, you've always kept going whatever business venture or whatever it it is that you wanted to do. So I've never had the opportunity to say this to you and I can say this now. I think it's an amazing congratulations officially for the whole world (laughs) to see. No, because... We might say, oh, it's just an award or whatever, but you worked hard to get that, regardless of what anybody wants to say. You worked hard, and I know pers- people personally that you've helped and put in places and done things, and people that you still work with now that you don't know that I know, but I know them from my area and my, you know, new town and where I've come up and stuff. And I think that you're very, very insp- inspirational within the black business community. And even me, I'm not a business person, but when I've got an idea or I want to do something, I do follow you on your page and I think you're very inspiring. Do you know what I mean? So all the things that you've done over time, even though you might think, oh, it hasn't done much, it's done things for the people around you and that representation that is a very big thing in our culture now. You know, seeing someone that looks like you achieving matters. And I think you've been doing that very, very early on. So hats off to you, babe. Thank you. Thank you. And this is the thing. It's nice to hear that as much as it makes me awkward and I've been working on that. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's because this is why she never sent out the press releases and all of that in the first place. <laughs> yeah, so I'm working on it. So thank you. It's good to hear. And it's interesting because when I sold Aspire for you, because everything I did was kind of wrapped up in that, and then I went a bit ghost for a couple of years, I did feel when I re-emerged with um, what would be Genius Enterprise Consultant at the time, it felt as though everything that I'd done prior had been completely erased and forgotten about. And I really struggled with that for a little while. But as time is progressing and I'm kind of getting back into the swing of it, I'm I'm, I'm encountering more people like you who are saying, well, actually, when you was doing it then, I remember. So it's, it's nice and it's humbling to hear. So thank you very much for that. Wow, I can't believe the time is going. I know so the quickly. time is just ticking. We're watching the clock. Tick, 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 tick. So I'm just like, hmm, do I add this one or I really want to get this one in? But okay, I think we've so we've spoken about you know the business and things like that. I'm interested in 
Damiana, outside of that, if there's such a thing, I mean, I think maybe you might think you're one and you're you're one with your business. <laughs> you might you might say that, but um, uh, tell us a little bit about you outside of that. I know you, you said you're a mother. Um, what do you like to do? Well, you like eating. You like food. <laughs> you're craving. <laughs> what else? Um, you know what music are you into? You know. What do you do? Oh, okay, are we, are we are we doing the full honesty? Because no I love music I love 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 music and you can catch me most Friday nights in my kitchen with the bashment playing whilst I clean up and that's my Friday night entertainment <laughs> and during the lockdown actually it was the music really that got me through so I started doing with my friends and some of my family a weekly um, clash <laughs> So we'd do like a 40 minute clash. Yeah, honestly. And then we'd each, <laughs> it was actually, I don't know why I stopped it, but we did it for, I think, 13 weeks straight. Every week, we picked somewhat, two people would go head to head or two couples, depending on what the week was. You'd pick two um, music artists or genres or time frames, and then you'd go round for round. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know what would have happened to me through lockdown because was a very miserable experience but on a Saturday I knew it was Clash so we did we did um, Movado versus Vibes Cartel but we also did um, Usher versus Mary J Blige we did um, Mariah Carey versus Whitney Houston did you follow on that note did you follow versus... no single radio no signal radio yeah and I was quite disappointed when they did um, Vibes Cartel versus I know Whitney. some of them didn't really caught it did it it's like they no, just missed off their tunes but anyway well, yeah, I thought you would have liked that if that's what you were doing yeah, I kind of did. I just the DJ who did Vibes Cartel was shocking, but that's didn't send for did you? No, personal. <laughs> I, <laughs> what I did love was Beanie versus Bounty. That, oh, was, that was um, amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, that was. I stayed up. I was on my own with my headphones in because everyone was sleeping. I had the headphones in, jumping around. Literally, that was me as well. <laughs> but my headphones Daniela, in. Daniela, didn't, like, didn't it feel like it was a proper dance? They even set it, you know, the beginning. They had the Dennis Brown and the vibes. They had the Dennis Brown, the Berry Hammond at the start. Then they had the little Sizzler. It was like a proper dance. I had the time of my life. You would have thought that they flew me out to Jamaica and I was there with them. When um, my husband woke up the next day, he was like, did you really stay up till morning? Yes, I did. And I watched again that day with the speakers on loud so I could hear it properly. And I had another party in the afternoon with myself. So yeah, yeah music so is really I, I think I've watched it about three times, to be honest. I've watched it four times. In fact, <laughs> yeah, that was my favourite like, one. It was the best one, but it. it just goes to show that Jamaican culture of the clashing, nobody can no, do it like Nobody. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. So yeah, no, music is my thing. Food is my thing. Reading, I love to read. You can... What are you well, reading now? Um, The Mothers. I can't remember who's the author is but I'm part of the Dope Black Mums book club so I love so that's because I've kind of got out of the habit of reading because I'm just busy whereas with this because I know every two weeks we have a meeting on Thursday evening we have to talk about the book I need to read the book so it's I've loved it because it means I walk with the book in my hand and every given moment my head is in the book because I know I've got a deadline um that I need to to meet (laughs) to read it so yeah, I love reading. And... I need that. I always mount to Tinder and say, it would take me so long, Daniela, to read a book. So I am dyslexic, but software. it's not an excuse because I can read. There's nothing wrong with my reading. But I just find it so hard to get into that space to just sit and read. And then I'll set myself, I'm like, okay, you're going to read three pages. And when I really want to do it, I do it. But I remember the last time I read um, I'm Seven Day Adventist, so there's a book called Great Controversy. Mm-hmm. And when I say it was me and Jesus, you know, I had to really pray and say, please, can you let me read this book? So it got to the point where I was reading <laughs> two, three pages a day. And, to, and it was, it's not an easy read, the, the words and the set. It's quite an old book as well. So the sentence structure and everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, that's another thing. Like, I really just want to 
read more and I have to find a way of just doing it and I think I like what you said about like when you've got the time just reading but then I'll just find myself you know on Instagram creating a post or yeah. playing a game okay. or just doing something else it's not the way I think you have to like like a book as well I think that could make a difference so the book the last book in the book club which for the, it's just left my head but I love that book so much that one of the days I woke up at six o'clock in the morning so that I could read, I think it was probably the day before we were supposed to have the, the meeting, so that I could just sit in silence without my daughter in my ear and just read the book. And the book was so riveting that my head was just in it. Like, I don't want anyone to disturb me. I just finished this book because it was really good. So I think if you can find a book that you like and you enjoy, yeah. that yeah. definitely... You have to do a bit more searching, book. for sure. Definitely. So if you want to join, let me know. I can get them to add you in. Oh, I'm yeah. scared. Is it a private group or is it something so that you can just go on and Oh yeah, no, you have to like be invited. It's private. You got a game. Got oh yeah, game I have a quick game I wanted to play. Okay. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna give you seven words. I think I know some of the answers already, but I'm going to give you seven words and you just need to say the first thing that comes to your head. You've probably played it before, just for a bit of fun. So this is our last um, hurrah, shall we say. All right, so you ready? Yeah. Okay, woman. Beautiful. Colour. Black. Family. Important. Entrepreneur. Me. <laughs> Time. Punctual. Music. Flashback. <laughs> and the last word is fun. Music. Oh, interesting. Okay. Interesting. All right. So that was just a bit of fun to just see how what you would say in response to those words. But um, my face is actually hurting. This has been so much fun. I'm not, I can tell you now that I was very nervous. Oh, why? I, you'd be so serious. I've seen you do interviews, but I thought Daniel's going to be so serious, and we have to be really sensible. <laughs> but you just so <laughs> not. <laughs> but when I when I watch your um, because I you know I watch your stories and things on Instagram, you have like an inspirational thing in the morning. I think. Oh yeah, lessons of the day. You're so calming, and you know, and I like. Even though I don't have a business, I'm I'm even thinking like hmm, maybe I should dabble my hands in it. Even though I do find it intimidating, but you know the way you come across is so relatable, um, and I just want to say keep doing what you're doing because yes, it's really yes, having yes, an yes. impact. Even though you don't necessarily know, um, there are so many people, women out there, people in general who who you know watch your stuff and are inspired by it. So thank you. Yeah, well, you I, shouldn't have you watch the stories that I'm not serious because I talk sometimes I talk some big nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember just one more point in, and you'll probably remember in during like the height of lockdown, and everyone was like, Oh, you have to read a book and you've got to do this, and you've got to. I started to panic. I was like, I'm not doing nothing, what am I doing with myself? And I think you said something, and I responded, and we had a private conversation. And you said to me, You was like, Well, why don't you think you're doing enough? And I was like, wow, all I do is teach and raise my daughter. And you, That's I, a hell and of you, a lot. <laughs> you said to me, well, what's wrong with that? And I kind of was like, whoa, what is wrong with that? But at the time, I tell you, I felt like I was, you know, you just feel like nothing. Like, I was like, what am I doing myself? I'm not, everyone's doing entrepreneur and cooking and, you know, starting business, cupcake, this, that, that. And I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm just sitting, eating. <laughs> just I, not doing much. And I didn't feel... I just didn't feel accomplished. I felt like, okay, I could be doing so much more. And you actually reminded me, you know what, what you, you know that whole, you are enough. And yeah. sometimes as simple as it sounds, you just need someone to say that. And at that time, you were the person to tell me, do you know what, you are enough. It's okay. You can be a mother and a teacher and it's fine. You don't have to be doing all this other stuff. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes I just think, as we all know, that place Instagram and social media can be a gift and a curse at the same at the same time if you're I, not I say it all the time social media is not a real place it's not a real place I'll have you know I know somebody who right now is homeless like they don't have nowhere to live mm-hmm. and on their Instagram you would think that they're turning over a couple grand per month 
driving in Rolls Royce videos in the Rolls Royce and they're homeless so Instagram to me I take it with a pinch of salt whatever I see this is why I don't get in Instagram jealous or Instagram intimidated because I know people's personal stories who when you see them on social media yeah. look like they're living the best life but behind closed doors and in reality it's not it's very very far from the truth and this is why I always will say and I said it at the beginning of this like as much as I don't want to consistently bleed in public, <laughs> I will also from time to time share to say, look, this is the stress here. This is what's going on here. This is stressing yeah. me out. Yeah. Just to give it a reality. Yeah. Even when I share stuff about from very, very irregularly, I don't do it often, but about my husband, I will say like, we don't like, he's a fantastic person, but he's not perfect. And we have a great marriage, but it's not perfect. Sometimes yeah. I want to stack him in his chest. I'm sure sometimes he wants to dash me in mind. Like I don't, I hate this whole social media perfection thing. I think it's Some really, yeah, 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 yeah. But I just think I, I actually think I would just put it. It's a, it was a COVID moment, mm. and I think I get concerned for the people younger that maybe don't have, doesn't have anyone to reach out. Like I was, I feel it was a blessing for you to speak to me at that moment, and because yeah. I think was, you was you was doing like a poll thing, and I responded, and you responded to me. You didn't have to. You could have been like, Chad, that's just. Jay being stupid, don't mind her, you get what I mean. But imagine all those people that are going through that that given moment and nobody is there to kind of respond. So I just mm. think that it's just something else that, as um, Tinder was saying, you do when you give that maybe you don't realise you're doing when you say those things or put them posts up or those little things that, you know, and then take the time out to respond privately as well. It's mm-hmm. all important. But I think that's just... I just see you as you're very much a giver in terms of your consultancy, making sure that people are okay. You know, even you made you made me accountable. It wasn't a business; it was just me having a spaz up. But you made me check myself and be like, "Hold on, this is what you are doing, and it, it is okay." And I, I can imagine looking at your testimonies and stuff. People are, um, you know, definitely progressing in more ways than just their business from having you around and in their sphere of influence. I would say. So that's my closing thought. <laughs> Can I just also say as well, though, particularly because I'm hearing that we're going to go into tier three lockdown. No, no. To be honest. But I think this year in particular, we really need to be kind to ourselves. And I've been saying this the whole way around. As I said it before, what, what we went into lockdown in what, March, June, J- July time. I thought I was having a nervous breakdown. Like, And I put I was very open with that on social media. I said, I remember one time I was sat behind my bedroom door because there's no lock on it with my back against the door and my daughter was banging down the door saying she wanted to come in and I was just sat there like I can't take this no more this is too much and I think because life is still continuing and they talk the new normal people are forgetting we've actually been through major trauma as a world as a society and therefore trying to do extra things isn't always the way sometimes we just need to stop and relax and and take stock of the fact that we made it through and we've not gone crazy if we haven't yeah so yeah if anyone's listening don't think that you have to do fifteen thousand things like you just the main thing is we need to look after ourselves to yeah. thank you closing well, thoughts oh it's just been a really a uh, good time having you having a little chat with you and getting to know the other side of you as well um i think for me my main takeaways would be the idea of just um being disciplined (laughs) Um, and you know compartmentalizing your day and making sure that you get things done to create that or to maintain that balance and the notion of your you know your your journey so everything that you've experienced in your life I think pretty much um, contributes to the things that you'll end up doing later on so for example for you you talked about you know your heritage you talked about your your background and how that played into you know the person that you are today so that I think that really is something to to take into consideration also so I just want to say again thank you so much for coming on to the the show tell us where everybody can find you um I am on Instagram, my favourite place, <laughs> which I need to spend less time with, to be honest. But um, it's at She's the Boss UK. I'm on LinkedIn, Daniela Genus, on Facebook, Daniela Genus, She's the Boss, and Twitter at She's the Boss UK, but I'm not on Twitter that frequently, to be honest. And my website um, is 
www.she'stheboss.intl.com and it's finally being launched in the next Ooh. few weeks. Okay. So watch this space. I'm just going to be very honest. It's amazing, and you're going to love it. So. Yes. <laughs> if you can send us that, or get your MPA to send us that, we can put it in the link as well, and do it'll be a promo as well mm. for you and send it your way. Any closing right. thoughts, Daniela? Big, big, take action. Keep yeah. pushing. <laughs> okay then so we have had guys you've just been hearing the amazing she's the boss international daniela um gina's am i saying it right yeah gina's okay miss mm-hmm. gina's um with us today so good afternoon good evening good night you can good catch night, us everybody. wherever you listen to your podcasts and we hope to hear from you all and see you we won't see you really but you know that's what i like to say <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear from you soon. Bye. bye guys Thank okay you. bye daniela Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.